You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you today. I'm Leah Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer, and I'm headed out on a book tour in October and November. So I'm going to tell you all about those dates later on. Liz? Wow, that's exciting, Leah. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. You get out there. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. I'm a uh, marketer. I'm a podcaster. Um, I'm a, you know, do a lot of dog walk. That's me. That's me. <laughs> Only my own dog, though. I don't hire myself out. Hi, I'm Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. I think Dallas, Texas might be closer to <laughs> Pasadena than to Santa Monica on some days. Uh, am I right, Liz? I yeah, mean, it can yeah. take hours to travel <laughs> the distances. We're all happy to be here with you. All right. Last week, we actually played a repeat, a replay. What do we call them? A classic show? I called it a replay. Apparently, that was not clear enough, Leon. Yeah, we were off for Labor Day. The show we played was a season opener. I thought that would be fun. Let's do that. Let's play our season opener from like 2018. And we covered so many topics like the U.S. Open and back to school and starting fresh for fall. People thought it was a live show and they were yes. very confused as to where was the chicken enchilada recipe and how come we hadn't seen Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> this it came out. Yes. <laughs> we didn't mean to fool you. So what we want to do today is offer you proof of life that this is in fact a live show with just around the horn of some some this week's news stories. Jewel, what do you got? Well, I would like to congratulate the 2022 U.S. Open winners, Carlos Alcatraz and Iga <laughs> Swatek. They were outstanding and they're only 19 and 21. Congratulations, youngsters. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Liz, what do you got? Well, last night was the Emmy Awards, 2022 Emmy Awards. And here's the tip, people. Sing your Emmy speech because <laughs> Cheryl Lee Ralph killed it. She won, I think, Best Supporting Actress, right, for Abbott yes. Elementary. And she sang in response. Of course, she's a Broadway baby. And boy, did she show it last night. <laughs> that was good. And I'm Leanne in Pasadena. We've had uh, the worst heat wave in 10 days. So I'm actually glad we didn't do the show last week because I was super grumpy and just really wanted to complain about the heat. But the heat is broken <laughs> and it's under 100 degrees today. So there you go. It is, in fact, 2022. Uh, the whole show, you'll see, is uh, is about fresh new topics. Of course, we lost the Queen of England last week. We are going to talk about that. We don't have British accents. Uh, that's the only drawback. Not yet, Leon. Not yet. <laughs> I think after 10 days, we might all no. have British accents. We, I'm sure we've all been watching a lot of commentary. Uh, and we have a few comments of our own on the passing of Queen Elizabeth. Also in the show, um, do you remember ever seeing that photo exhibit of those people who looked alike but weren't actually twins? It was called Doppelganger. And it was a series that kind of swept the internet of like complete strangers that looked alike. Yes. Remember that? Yes. All right. Well, interestingly, that led to uh, several science studies about why these people who were not related actually looked alike. 
So there's some interesting scientific results about DNA and what actually matters when it comes to whether you have a doppelganger out there in the world or not. So I'm going to talk to you about that. Uh, Julie, you have a whole list of TV shows to watch besides The Crown about the Queen. Right. I mean, this is the week if you want to watch some special shows, documentaries on the Queen, I have some recommendations for you. All right. And then, Liz, we're going to catch up a little bit on the Don't Worry Darlings uh, press tour, that movie that's coming up. Um, it was a huge sensation over the Internet. And then the Queen yes. died. And, that, and so it disappeared. But we have a few th- thoughts on that still. Yes, uh, just if- thoughts. We don't normally go to this level of like no. Hollywood gossip, but it was just it was like a recurring episodic thing where you could not not pay attention. All right. But first, it was your birthday this weekend, Liz. What would you do? You had a special weekend, I think. Thank you. Thank you, sisters. Yeah. So uh, this past weekend, Sunday was my actual birthday and I spent it um, at the beach here in Southern California in Malibu uh, in an Airbnb with two of my friends. And it started out like really kind of in the perfect way for what my year had been like, <laughs> because we got there. Well, two of us got there. The third was coming later. And, you know, sometimes when you're checking into these houses, it's like, you don't really know how to get in and it's very complicated. And what's the code? And they were like, there was a gate off Pacific Coast Highway and then another gate. Anyway, it took us quite a while to even get in the house. And then once we got in, two of us had a very relaxing evening. I made some shrimp on the Barbie sisters. That was wow. uh, very nice, Liz. Super tasty, super tasty. And some veggie skewers, Julie. So I think you would have enjoyed it. So then like we've cleaned up, we are relaxing and it's, you know, I don't know, 8 30, 9 PM. We can hear the ocean, but it's dark out now. And then what happens? Boom. Giant blackout. So, so oh. the whole not only does our house go out, but we can see looking around that the whole neighborhood is out. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you know, Leon, because we've had the giant heat wave for the last 10 days, the governor kept threatening to turn off all the power to everybody unless we turned our air conditioners down. So you had to think like, well, is this somebody just turned us off or is the whole like LA County out? And we were in a part of Malibu that was like, way, way north. Like literally we were right on the Ventura County line. So what we realized when all the power goes out is, I mean, obviously no lights, um, but also there's no cell phone service in this house, uh, but, oh. it, but there was Wi-Fi. but okay. Wi-Fi goes out. So then you're in a stranger's house, desperately looking for matches. And we oh. had, we oh. had like the 30 minute search in the dark well with our cell phone lights our cell phone uh trying to find some matches that was a complete fail um i'm the one that made the mistake of mentioning the manson family during this portion of the- <laughs> <Liz>. <laughs> Well, Liz. it was sort of a, it was a dark and stormy night, Julie. Yes, and I guess. No, here. I'm sure that was unnerving to be in strange environments. To be in, in a strange dark. house. Yeah. And uh, so then we realized what was going to save the day. The skewers were going to save the day because we did, there was not a gas stove in the house, but as I said, I had used the Barbie so we could, so we turned on the gas on the barbecue. We lit the used shrimp skewers and that's, that's <laughs> That's what we used to light the candles throughout the house, which was we were just I mean, we felt like total 
Girl Scouts, like figure right. it out. Look at like, you. That is a real MacGyver move, Liz. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, impressed. I'm, oh. I'm surprised they had candles in the house if it's I a know. rental house. You know, I, I thought most people wouldn't have those. So, Well, I guess if they don't give you matches, then they don't really worry about the fire risk, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they literally had like those big candles in every single room, like decorative, decorative candles that had never been used. Uh, so, so we did that. And then we were, then we remembered that, well, our friend was coming and with no power, like, how was she going to get in gate number one? And then in gate number two. So then we had to figure out like, is there a way we could have the gates be open? So if she gets here in the dark, so then that's where the whole Manson aspect of the, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> a lot more involved than I thought it, it was very involved. Obviously we survived, but I, as I was thinking about it, the, the power came on like two hours later, but I was thinking for, for me and for the kind of year, you know, I've told you that this was not my best year. And so the fact that this year ended just completely boom, going to black actually seemed to make sense to me. <laughs> it was the last night of the year. It was Saturday night. I woke up Sunday morning, fresh new year, ready to embrace the fresh new year. So Excellent. it was, it was a pretty good birthday weekend and we lived to tell the tale. Well, that's wow. good, Liz. You know, we had so many people write to the show about your comments about having a big birthday and about aging. And, you know, I had a follow-up conversation with my financial planner, um, uh, not related to your aging, but uh, <laughs> but to me. For my financial plan? Because it could use some work <laughs> if you'd like to spend some time on it. Okay. And he said, Julie, there are three, three stages. You have your go-go years your slow go years and your no go years. Okay. <laughs> and that's how you have to think about your future. So oh. Liz, I think we've just, and Lee, and we just got to stay in those go, go years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So that is come, funny. <laughs> coming out of a slow go year though. Can you go back to go, go from slow yes, go? Yes. Oh. We can always go, go. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm working on. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Julie. That is inspiring. When are the Froyo years? That's, <laughs> I think that's, that's, you slip those in, in the no-go and it's okay. All right. That's what I'm interested in like to get there. The Froyo years. All right. Well, my husband and I played a fun game this weekend. Uh, we played guess the paint color. Uh, as you can tell, it was great. So here's the situation, you know, I've been saying, my old, my younger son moved out. So we immediately turned his room back into a proper guest room because during the pandemic, we turned our guest room into an office like millions of Americans. And we kind of like it that way, but we wanted to have a real guest room that we didn't have to keep converting. And so immediately we bought a new mattress. We bought some new side tables. We got some ottoman. It was a deal on all, all. We did not pay full price for anything. That's my husband's way. Stuff arrived. And we needed to freshen up the paint color in my son's room. There were some nicks and other mysterious stains and things. I won't go into <laughs> it, but you've had... If you've had a son live in your home, you know what I'm talking about. So, uh, but my son, we had painted that room a very dark green, like six or seven years ago, uh, because when he was a moody teenager, he wanted it black. And I was like, that seems 
a little too depressing. How about dark green? Um, and we're usually pretty organized about things like keeping the paint can, keeping a list. I usually keep like the paint chip that I take from the store we go to, Dunn Edwards. Um, so when we went to do the touch up, we discovered that my husband in just a frenzy of reorganizing had thrown out all the paint chips that I have been uh -huh. keeping for 20 years. Like he's like, okay. what color is that? And I said, oh, just go to the, the drawer with all the paint chips. Uh, uh -huh. I always mark the color on the back. Now, if you've been to a paint store recently, you'll know they don't really give out those paint chips anymore. So I felt that that was precious material. Like I was saving the color wheels and everything for posterity because everything's online now. Mm -hmm. And no, we you should also mention that your husband's colorblind. I mean, I've <laughs> got to mention this, Joel. Okay. It's going to yes. become a factor. Yeah. Yeah. So we have no chips. We have no written information. He has the paint colors from several rooms, not this room. So now we have to guess the green on the walls. Okay. And my husband who, who is colorblind, uh, he is, he is red, green colorblind, which, so this having a green room is really problematic for him because the first color he painted at, he said, is it this color? And that was pink. And I was like, no, nope, it is not that color. I mean, Oh, this is a fun game. Oh, so, wow. so, yeah, then he, fun. so then he said to me, okay, Google green paint. I was like, wow, you are really colorblind. If you think I can just go Google green paint and that exact shade is going to come up. So we did some detective work. I was on the website, you know, but paint looks different in different lights in different corners of the room. I'm taking pictures. I'm taking it to the computer back, I guess, out of color. The name sounds vaguely familiar, you know, like Midnight Garden. Yeah, I bet I would have painted a room that color. <laughs> he goes, he, buy, he buys Midnight Garden. It's not the right paint. Oh, then he oh. goes, we try another one. It's not the right paint. So now basically he has to repaint the whole room because now the room <laughs> this is a terrible game. Oh, I'm just... sure you two are having so much fun doing <laughs> and, this. And the best part about it is the room is right next to my office. And I have spent the last 22 days locked in my office writing a novel. So he keeps coming in with the paint questions. I'm like, I am trying to write a novel here. Okay. I can't be guessing the paint color. I'm not going to Google green paint. So but the good news is that he is a very good painter. And once we got two wrong paints, we just seeded. We seeded to the fact that we were going to have to paint the whole room. So mm -hmm. now one wall is, in fact, Midnight Garden. And it looks <laughs> great. <laughs> and the other three walls are the other wrong color we bought. So fortunately, they all look good together. <laughs> okay, Almost well. as if you had planned it. What did they call that? Like a feature wall or a focus wall? Uh, that's yeah. it, Liz. Yeah. Focus yeah. wall. We got it. But that's it. Well, but guess oh, the please. color. Please invite me over next time you play that game, Liam. Yes. It sounds so fun. So yeah, good. We will, because in the in the office, we need to do some touch up. And also that paint color is lost to posterity. And that's taupe. And that's easy. There's a, <laughs> not too many. Oh, yeah, there's only one there. shade of that. Yeah. <laughs> Just Google taupe. See how that works. <laughs> Well, while you were painting and Liz was wandering around in the dark, um, I, I had some nice a nice time over the Labor Day weekend, and we received we received a communication came into Satellite Sisters from Ashley Cagle Martin, and she wrote the question: Any chance Julie was hiking the Friends Trail at Beavers Bend State Park in Oklahoma? over Labor Day. I saw someone that I thought looked like her, but was too shy to say something. 
people, if you see a satellite sister in the wild, you have to speak <laughs> up, right? You have to speak up. So yes, Ashley, I, I don't remember you, but I remember your sister because you also wrote in your note, my sister was carrying her three-year-old boy up a steep hill, okay? And she said, she writes, she want, her sister's husband wants people to know that he carried the boy for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? And I remember Ashley's sister. I mean, we were on Labor Day. Yes, I was taking a hike with my son and daughter-in-law and three grandchildren on the Friendships Trail <clears throat> in mm. Oklahoma. I remember Ashley's sister because she had a great smile as she came up 200 feet of elevation. It was really a steep cliff and she had a toddler on her hip and she was smiling. And I thought I wouldn't be smiling if I hit <laughs> up the hill. So anyway, I just, I, you know, I'm so sorry we didn't get to stop and talk. What a, what a moment to be on that friendship trail to have met a, a satellite sister. So anytime you think you see anyone that looks like any of the sisters, I, I say, just go for it and say hello. Right. <laughs> well, as we're going to find out, we could have a doppelganger out there, but sure. I yes. mean, uh-huh. Believe me, it doesn't happen so often that we're tired of it or bored of it, right? It's not a... <laughs> to me, Leah, I'm in my closet. I'm not meeting yeah. a lot of satellite sisters, yeah. okay? I'm happy to do that. So I am but, so happy she wrote in and asked that question. Yes. Because she could have just gone to her grave with... I wonder if that was Julie Dolan, but now we know it was in fact Julie Dolan. Okay. What, so, what were you uh, doing in Oklahoma? Because Oklahoma is beautiful, Leanne. O okay. Oklahoma is beautiful. Uh, uh, my son and daughter-in-law had rented a cabin up there for the weekend, and we had gone up for the day to hike um, and have a picnic lunch uh, on Labor Day weekend. And this the Beaver's Bend State Park is beautiful. It has a big lake there, and then it has beautiful beautiful uh, streams on the Friendship Trail is a great river. And as my husband said, just so many pigmatites. He had not expected to see that many pigmatites, you know? So really, really pretty. It was fun. It was a fun atmosphere because there were a lot of people out on the trail. It was a lot of families enjoying the holiday weekend. So that nice. was going on. But speaking of hikes, I saw an article uh, at MarthaStewart.com. And you know what Martha's up to now? She's up to branding hikes and mountains. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Martha Stewart really? loves hiking. Leanne, I know, I, I don't know, Liz and Leanne, I didn't know if you knew that, but Martha no. likes to hike. And so she put on out an, an article of her favorite hikes. So you see what I'm talking about? Like it's now, it's not the Acadia National Park in Maine. It's the Martha Stewart Acadia National <laughs> Park. Okay. Yes. Or okay. if it's the Martha Stewart Bigelow Mountain in the Rangeley Staten, Stratton Range, oh. or it's the Martha Stewart Mountain in Tortola in the British Virgin Islands. She has a list of her favorite hikes. And I thought, oh, that Martha, you know, it's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> that she has all that housewares and stuff. Now she's branding. She's taking territory. She's taking <laughs> property, right? Just she's imagine, imagine the color names she'll come up with for the Martha Stewart paints mm -hmm. in all of these parks that she's now branding. Julie. Yes. So I, I'm proud of her that she's out there hiking, uh, but I'm a little bit jealous that she's that she's branding her hikes. Okay. She's our queen, Jill. She's our queen. Yes. 
We are so happy at Satellite Sisters to have BritBox as a sponsor. You know, we love it. It's the streaming home of the best British television with exclusive mysteries, crime dramas, comedies, documentaries, and more. Julie, what's your fave? Vera, I love this show. I'm on season 11. I mean, Brenda Blethyn is such a great actress. And the character Liz Vera, I don't know if you've watched it, but she's essentially Margaret Thatcher in a trench coat, okay? <laughs> she is bossing people around and solving crime. I love her. Okay, well, I want to especially recommend Archie. Archie's a brand new limited series. It's starring Jason Isaacs as Archie Leach. Who is he? He's the man who became Harry Grant. And oh. you know, what's so interesting about this is it's sort of about how he became a star in old Hollywood, how he went from being Archie Leach to being Cary Grant. But also because it's him growing up in old Hollywood, there are a lot of people in the in the movie playing Doris Day, Grace Kelly, George Burns. It's little snapshots of what it was like to become a movie star back in the day. So I really enjoyed it and recommend. So sign up for BritBox today to stream Archie and any other fan favorites from any device you have. So we have a special limited time offer. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for the monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use our promo code SISTERS at checkout. Got it? Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Use promo code SISTERS at BritBox.com. Leon and Julie here from Satellite Sisters, and we want to thank our friend Jenny Kane. Hi, Jenny. We love Jenny Kane. We know, you know it's a California brand through and through, and we love their staples because it makes getting dressed so easy. Minimalist, effortless, but totally refined. And hello, Julie Dolan, that's kind of you. Minimalist, effortless, and totally refined. What have you been wearing from Jenny Kane this week? Leon, I love the cocoon cardigan. It's perfect for the hot again, cold again weather we're having. You know, this is sweater weather. And you can just pop on that cardigan. And even if you're wearing something schlumpy underneath, all of a sudden you look elevated and you're ready to go. You look minimalist, effortless, and totally refined when you wear the cocoon cardigan. Yes, I do, Leanne. Uh, I get compliments on it, too, because it's just the perfect thing to put on. Well, that's why we love Jenny Kane, is that everything is beautifully designed and really flatters the wearer. So we want to encourage you to check out everything over at JennyKane.com. You're going to find your new uniform. What is it that you want to put on that just perks up your your presentation? Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off their first order when they use code SISTERS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at JennyKane.com. And Jenny Kane is spelled J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E. JennyKane.com, promo code SISTERS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Thanks, Jenny. We're back. You're listening to Satellite Sisters, Leon, Liz, and Julie here. Unexpected news last week with the passing of Queen Elizabeth. Uh, even though she was 96, I think people just expected her to live forever. So it was extraordinary to see sort of the outpouring of worldwide 
love for Queen Elizabeth. Jewel, what did you think of it? What, well, what I just said, I mean, first of all, I reached out to you all. I mean, and I think a lot of people reached out to, you know, uh, their satellite sisters. Uh, I think, you know, in some ways, although it was a very different experience than with Princess Diana, I, I, it was a moment where I think you wanted to just mark the occasion because, she was everything, you know, that, uh, you know, she really did exemplify duty and grace and service and restraint. And, you know, I thought a lot about that this week. Um, you know, I've enjoyed the ri ancient rituals that we're seeing. I enjoy the tra traditions and the respect. And I have no doubt that the funeral will be extraordinary and the lines of people that we see that are coming to pay her respects. But I, you know, after this, I don't know, I don't know what, what will become of the monarchy because I feel like she really was, she gave it her all. And that, and that was something very, very special. I don't know. What did you think, Leon? Well, you know, I mean, we've always kind of taken the position that royalty is ridiculous here. <laughs> and I think as Americans, it's very hard uh, to sort of understand what the queen means to the people of Great Britain. Certainly uh, she has a different meaning for us than she would for the people of Great Britain. Um, I was actually really surprised. Like the first 24 hours, I learned a lot about her. I learned a lot about her life. I was interested to learn it. Obviously, the, you know, if you're a his towering historic figure for 70 years in some kind of leadership position, you're going to have good years and bad. There's going to be controversy associated with your name. There's something about the monarchy, which is different than the monarch. And so I had a lot of those mixed feelings, but she herself, I think, had always been, uh, you know, someone to admire. She certainly, as the kids like to say, she certainly understood the assignment, you know, mm -hmm. like yeah. uh, her, you know, that the we saw that clip of her at 26 saying, I will devote my life to service. And that is clearly what she did through a lot of really sort of stunning historic uh, um, events. So I had to appreciate just the long arc of how long she's been with us. Um, that being said, after about 24 hours, once like the Royals all showed up in Balmoral and the news people got out the body language experts, <laughs> like, you know, to dissect every move of the kids and the grandchildren and this and that, I was like, okay, I'm out. I'm just, I'm out. Really? Oh, yeah. oh. I'm not that interested in sort of what happens next. I huh. found it. Yeah. Not that interested. Okay. Liz, what about you? Well, I, you know, she certainly led a super interesting life during a historic period. And, you know, has there's sort of a Forrest Gump quality almost to her that she was involved in all of these big historic things. So I do appreciate that part of her and just her as a person, um, I appreciate. But then once I started thinking like, wait a minute, they have to put Prince Charles on all the money now? That is so weird to me. Or that that, or then you saw the line of succession and you saw that like a toddler is now number two in line or whatever. <laughs> that's when I was like, wait, that's crazy. Prince George is like number two in line now. That's when I started to think, oh yeah, monarchy. It's just, there's a, there's just such a randomness to it, Julie, where this like random family plays the role and somehow like removing Queen Elizabeth from the middle of it. It's like if you took the Logan Roy character out of succession, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm not, I'm not sure how all of the pieces fit together. So I do, you know, I love history. And so things that have a, you know, a long history are very interesting to me. 
but there is something about just some crazy family with all these crazy rules that nobody else in the whole world has to follow. And we're supposed anyway. So I'm I'm not I'm not really watching now during the week. I'm sure I'll tune in for the funeral because again, the sort of pomp and uh history of that is interesting to me. But I'm not like getting on the Prince Charles band or a King George. III don't ever say it. We're just don't ever. <laughs> yeah, well, he is the King now, but I, I, I agree. I, you know, I think that she just exemplified, as I said, so much restraint sure. and, and she had a persistence in that restraint yes. yeah. that uh, I am not sure that will be carried out to the next generation. I, it may not be possible given given social media and all of that. But um, and so we should enjoy the, this period, uh, you know, of, you know, the traditions, the rituals, because it may be the you know, the beginning of the end and that a, a different monarchy going forward is not going to ha- play the same role that it did in the past. And that's that's a little disappointing, I think. So, um, I mean, it would have been nice if she could just live forever, but she couldn't, <laughs> you know. It was you extraordinary, know. though, that two days before she died, she was meeting the new exactly, prime minister. Leah. Exactly. I mean, that was an extraordinary photo of her in the great kilt. Uh, yes. it, you know, and yeah. then I did love seeing all the photos of all her outfits. You're right, Liz. It was like a Forrest Gump thing. Like, she's yeah. just again, 70 years is a really, really long time over just an extraordinary yes. time period in history where there were so many changes. And there she was with the kilts and the suits and the hat and the pocketbook and the sensible shoes and wearing that crown when she needed to. I loved all, I uh, love sort of all the photo essays of all her big, bright outfits. She was the first person to do that because she said how will people see me if i i know so i think we should celebrate her and celebrate her life as a you know a woman who played such a major role and uh and really um uh, pay her respect yeah you know i liked tina brown's essay in the new york times this week she said now with the queen gone who will teach us how to be british and Mm -hmm. I, i thought that was an interesting perspective on that but uh so that that kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah, but the modern Britain, modern Britain is so multicultural. Right. I'm not sure one family can teach you how to be British. Yeah. You know? Well, they've proven well, that. They've yes. proven they can. <laughs> so we can teach they, you how to be a Windsor, and that sounds like a terrible gig. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, just a lot of just a lot of mixed feelings. But I am sort of interested in her as a historical figure. I'm going to go back. The History Chicks have done a, a double episode on her that podcast. So I'm going to go re-listen again. I'm oh, one that's of the, great. I'm one of the few people that didn't actually enjoy the Crown that much. So I really learned a lot over the last couple of days about the Queen's Queen's life. I was sort of out on the Crown. It was a little slow moving for me. But oh, real life well, I have some other documentaries to recommend later in the show, Liam, that you may like. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, Okay. Uh, Let's see. What else? Oh, okay. Speaking of, um, well, speaking of nothing, this is a completely different subject. Doppelgangers. All right. So a couple of years ago, there was a photographer that took these extraordinary series of photographs of people who were not related that looked alike. Okay. And it sort of took, he's a, a photographer. He's Canadian. His name is Francois Brunel. 
And um, he had found his own doppelganger in the English actor Rowan Atkinson. That's how he, Mr. Bean. That's oh, really? How he, oh, yes. how funny. So that's how he kind of got interested in sort of putting together people that looked alike but weren't related. And that inspired a researcher at a, the, it's actually a, a leukemia research facility in Barcelona, Spain, to want to actually take a look at these people and figure out, well, maybe they are related. How much of their DNA might be alike? So he tracked down the people in the photos and he conducted a study with like uh, 32 different pairs. Uh, he had a computer actually decide um, who really facially was alike and who just looked alike because of the way they dressed and sort of presented. So you can see that in the photos, like some really do like look like twins and others look like siblings is what I would say. And he analyzed these 16 pairs of doppelgangers that really did look like twins and found out, guess what? That a lot of their DNA sequencing is the same. They have a higher percentage of DNA sequencing that is the same than two random strangers might. So wow. there is so how do you explain that? that? Uh, here's how we explained it, which is really, this is the interesting part, Liz. Here's how they scientists explain it. There are a lot of people in the world and this is bound to happen. Like we're so many people now we're doubling back on our DNA. Like, I don't know. That's the scientific explanation because then the researchers went on to actually further study environment because they thought, well, that will probably play a big factor. I mean, this genome sequencing, yeah, sure. They have a lot of it. That's the same, but environment, no environment actually had very little. It was straight up DNA. So it does mean that probably somewhere in the world, just because of the vast numbers of human beings on the planet now, there's a doppelganger out there for you. So wow. we should be looking for that, right? In the woods. <laughs> be on the lookout. Yeah. Be on so the if lookout. you see someone on a hiking trail in Oklahoma, it is not necessarily Julie Dolan, but you should ask because <laughs> it could be. Yeah. It said, now there are so many people in the world that the system is repeating itself. Woo, that's sci-fi, isn't it? That's just, yes. it. that's from the doctor who did the research. So that's it. That's pretty cool though. Yeah, it is. Someone wow. is out there that looks like you. I think that's neat. Right. <laughs> Something to ponder. I mean, I, I know mine is Jody Foster, so I don't have to look that far. But other <laughs> I, you two, you should keep looking. <laughs> okay. That's true. We've always known that about you, Lee, and that somehow you're we're linked to Jody Foster like a thousand generations ago. Yeah. I, I think it would be a good time to reach out to her, Leanne, now that with <laughs> the scientific uh, uh data that you have. And, and to set up a meeting. I think Jewel, she's good idea. That's a yes. good idea. <laughs> okay. I have some other science for you. These are two, uh, two health stories that caught my attention. The first one is from the National Geographic and it was, you know, healthy eating. We all want to do it, right? But there comes a point when healthy eating topples over into an obsession. They have a new term called orthorexia nervosa. Okay. And this is... These are these are individuals that take the healthy eating trend to a compulsive level that they because they have eliminated so many types of food like farm or factory products, non-organic fruits or vegetables, things that have been hydrogenated, microwaved, irradiated, charred or blackened, artificial coloring. They don't eat anything with MSG or white rice or sugar or salt. 
that it becomes a problem in their lifestyle. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever met someone or have you ever dined with someone that has, and and certainly we want to say we believe in the power of diets. We believe in the power of healthy eating. Yeah. That's not what we're talking here about here. We're talking about really a behavioral problem because they've taken healthy eating to such an obsession that they that they can't it really inter, um, interferes with how they interact with other people and how they and what they do on a daily basis because they're so obsessed with this healthy eating part. Yeah, yeah I've never met anyone where I felt like it was an obsession. I mean, we've all, there are plenty of people who, for lots of good reasons, have very restrictive diets or very careful about eating organic and all of that. But this kind of obsession, you can totally see how it could happen now. If you had an obsessive personality and you started down this path, I can totally imagine it. You also, right. I, you can also imagine that, ironically, your diet would suffer. Your nutrition yes. would yeah. suffer if you're eliminating that many categories of foods. Yeah. Right. Right. I agree. And that, you know, that there's certainly rationale for eliminating some of those categories of food, right. but but to reach to this uh, obsession. Well, anyway, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, I, you know, hopefully it's not widespread and hopefully people who have this condition can get some assistance and some help. Mm-hmm. What's it called I, again, Julie? I'm it's sorry. called orthorexia nervosa. Okay. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they just amass a sort of an increasing list of forbidden foods. Uh, So we don't have that. Hey, I saw the story, uh, second story in the New York Times, and I was curious. It was, what do your dentists do to take care of their healthy teeth? Have you ever thought about that? Okay. Yes. Yes. Too much. Okay. Just imagine her flossing at all hours of the day and night. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they interviewed uh, like a, 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 some partners that uh, were both dentists. And yes, Liz, they do bl- brush, floss, and rinse after every meal. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's pretty standard. I mean, you can see that. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a high bar for most people, but mm-hmm. uh, you can understand that uh, that dentists would do that. Of course, they avoid sticky, gooey, sugary foods. They don't drink sport drinks or sodas. You know, you wouldn't expect that, right? Mm-hmm. Right. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But how about this? They don't snack, okay, between meals because it's all about your saliva and they want to keep the saliva at a steady, you know, uh, pH or something. pH. Yes. So <laughs> you're on. not create. So they don't snack. Can you imagine living your life not snacking? I know. Well, See, that was I'm the not one much that- of a snacker, but I can't imagine my life really thinking about saliva management. <laughs> I, you know, it's just another thing. It's just another thing. I don't know if I can go all that way to saliva management. I'm barely hanging on with the flossing, Julie. <laughs> Okay. And of course they were night guards going to bed, you know, uh, and, you know, they just have a lifelong commitment to healthy teeth, to dental health. And we applaud that. Uh, They're role models for us. Uh, Just some tips that you might, you might want to incorporate into your own lifestyle. Okay. Saliva management could be a bridge too far. (laughs) Okay. Leon and Julie here from Satellite Sisters, and you know we love Pros. Pros is the custom hair care system that is truly made to order, and we are big proponents of Pros here at Satellite Sisters. 
Thank you, pros, for supporting us and for supporting our hair goals. I mean, Julie, I am trying to get my hair in shape for my book tour, which starts in a little bit. I am going to be out and about. I'm going to be walking into rooms. I've got to get going. I got to make sure the hair looks good because people are looking. What do you think, Jill? Give me your honest assessment of my my pros progress. Leanne, I'm looking at your hair on the screen and it looks great. It's it's full of body. It's bouncy. Whoa, look at that. Just when you zhuzh it up like that, it's amazing. I mean, you don't have any of that dryness you used to have in your hair. You know, uh, you make me a little jealous, Leanne. You got some good looking hair going there. Thank you. You know what? I have seen a giant difference since I've been on the whole pros regime. I take the hair vitamins that are, you know, specifically prescribed for me. Uh, they, I took the hair quiz. They analyzed my hair type. They know where I live. They know uh, in terms of the weather. They know how, how often I go swimming. They know this. They know that. I take the vitamins. I use the shampoo, the conditioner, the post uh, leave-in conditioner when I'm in a really dry place or it's the winter season. And I do think I'm making a lot of progress. Thank you, Julie. I, I appreciate that. Uh, if you want to make progress with your hair, check out Pros. Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today. Plus, 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Okay, so that's great. 50% off your first subscription order plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Go to pros.com slash sisters. And pros, you know, is P-R-O-S-E. Pros.com slash sisters for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Thanks, pros. Thanks for my hair. We want to thank ButcherBox for being a sponsor of Satellite Sisters and a sponsor for a long time. We appreciate that kind of support. And listeners, if you love Satellite Sisters, we really believe you're going to love ButcherBox, where you can get incredible deals on premium cuts of beef. And deals this good are hard to come by even at the grocery store. All right. What we love about ButcherBox? Convenience. High quality meat and seafood you can trust that shows up right at your doorstep with free shipping always. And you can curate that customized box plan. And you know who this is perfect for, Jewel? No, laying what? The meal preppers in your life. Okay, meal prepping now is being taken to a whole new level. We used to just think of it as making a few things on Sunday. But no, people are on top of it. They are planning out their meals for the week. And ButcherBox is designed for this. It's perfect. You get these proportioned you know, high quality meat servings that come right in. It's right in your freezer. You can look ahead for the week ahead and go, okay, I've got chicken. I've got the salmon. I've got the scallops. Oh, I've got steak tips. Fantastic. My week is done. So if you're a meal prepper, you're getting organized with your meals this week, ButcherBox is for you. I absolutely love the quality. This is exactly how I plan my meals. Looking in my freezer, what do I have? Let's go. So we want to tell you, Satellite Sisters, about a great deal. The key to becoming a meal prep master? Stay stocked up on the essentials. ButcherBox is here to help you do just that. They're offering Satellite Sisters listeners their choice of a weeknight meal must-have. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year, plus $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com sisters. And use code SISTERS to choose your free offer and get $20 off. That's right. ButcherBox.com slash SISTERS and use code SISTERS 
to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Thanks, ButcherBox. All right, we're back with the Satellite Sisters. We have Entertaining Sisters coming up. A lot of lists in Entertaining Sisters. But first, um, this is Leanne. I am going to be out doing some speaking and touring with Lost and Found in Paris. And I have some new cities to announce. And I have lots of thanks to give because this, this tour has come together with the help of many Satellite Sisters out there. And that's the way it should be. Okay, first off, big thanks to Julie Dolan, who has been doing <laughs> event management in Dallas. Julie, thank yes. you. Yes, we're, we're very excited, Leanne. You're coming to Dallas. You're doing some private events, but you are doing one public event that's going to be on Thursday, October 13th from three to five in Dallas. Details to follow. We're, we're con still confirming some of those details, uh, but we will put that out. So you might want to save that date. It would be a great time to come to see Leanne. I'll be there as well um, in some support fashion for her, no doubt. Um, uh, but I'm really excited that you're coming to Dallas. Yeah, Julie pulled that off. It was great. We were doing the two events and someone had emailed me last week. Oh, where's the public event in Dallas? I said, we don't have one. And then you know, we, we had an unexpected invitation at a beautiful restaurant. So we are looking forward to that. It will require registration. So we don't have a link yet, but that's just to save the date, October 13th, three to 5 PM. Um, all right. Dayton, Ohio. Hello, Dayton. I was invited <laughs> to speak at the, uh, to teach at the Irma Bombeck writing workshop, which is great. So a lot of times that's how this happens. I was invited there. They're going to pay for my travel, which is really nice, which allows me to go to a place like Dayton where North Normally, I wouldn't go because it's expensive to go to places, but thanks to Debbie on the ground in Dayton, my co-chair, we are putting <laughs> together just a satellite sisters meetup. Debbie and I, we've been texting oh, like 20 times a day about where to meet. The problem is my free time is Saturday. 10 22 October 22nd from four to six. I'm very busy actually during the workshop, but I have this gap four to six, which I know is also like college football time in the Midwest. So meeting at a bar or something like that was a little bit tricky. Restaurants aren't really open at four, but you know where we're going to meet? The hotel where I'm staying. So, okay. I don't have an exact location. I'll figure that out when I'm on the ground. But Debbie's relieved. She thinks that's a great idea. It's going to be uh, the Marriott at the University of Dayton. Free parking. They appear to have plenty of spaces that we can just commandeer one. I don't want to actually rent a room because that's money. But uh, <laughs> we're just going to commandeer a corner of something. A bar, a fire pit outside, a lobby. Uh, so stand by, but save that time, 10.22 from 4 to 6 p.m. at in Dayton, Ohio. That is definitely happening. I will be at the Pequot Library in Southport, Connecticut on the 27th of October. That was a reschedule from when I had COVID in the spring. So many of you have already signed up. It's a free talk at the library. If you want to pay an additional ticket fee, there's a VIP reception afterwards at the house next door to the library. Uh, that is a fundraiser for the library. That's 1027 Southport, Connecticut, 6 p.m. or 630. It's, all, it's an evening event. And then... Thanks to Satellite Sisters Jude, I have secured a location on Long Island. Okay? Oh, great, great. Yes, again, I was supposed to speak at a bookstore in the spring, and then I had COVID, I had to cancel it, and then I couldn't get in touch with the bookstore and they changed management and they changed event people. And I like tried for a month to get in there, but Jude to the rescue. Thank you. Satellite sisters, Jude, one of her dear friends runs the 
East Meadow Library events uh, program. And I got a contact from a librarian, like we would love to have you. So I will be in East Meadow, Long Island at the library at 11 a.m. on Saturday, 1029. 1029. So there will also be a bookseller there. That will also be pre-register. Uh, they just want to know who's coming. It's free, but the registration doesn't open till October 9th. So all these events are slightly different. It's all listed in the show notes at my website. I will spread the link around in pep talk. I will do everything I can uh, to get everybody the information, but I'm excited. That'll be fun. But I, I couldn't have done it without the help of all those satellite sisters because it's That's very great. time consuming and expensive to try to just get into random bookstores that doesn't really happen too much anymore. So uh, so thank you. Thank you, people. You have your satellite sister street team working for you, Leanne. Yeah, no, I really, really appreciate it. Be great to have Leanne out and about. Hey, you know, it's time for Entertaining Sisters. And I had mentioned earlier in the show, um, we're going to put this link, uh, thanks to Liz, on our uh, with the show notes. But the BBC put out an excellent list, nine shows to stream about the Queen. Now, some of these you already know, like The Crown. But what I liked on this list, um, in, in fact, there are a couple that I want to mention. One is a 1992 documentary by the BBC about a year in the life of the Queen. So this was when the Queen was, you know, a little more active and uh, the BBC got exclusive permission to kind of follow her around. And I think it just has great insights. You really see the service, the duty. You see her wit, her charm. It all comes through in that documentary. And then there was an earlier one as well, A Royal Night Out, when it's a very young Queen Elizabeth. So uh, those two documentaries are on the list. I would highly recommend them. You can even watch the Queen's coronation in color now. Of course, that was televised when she was first coronated um, in black and white. But now they've, however they do that, the magic of television, they've turned it into color. So maybe, Leon, your husband would like to watch that in color. Coronation. <laughs> there might be some inspiration for colors for your office that you could do. Okay. Thank you, Julie. Good tip. Good tip. You know, Julie, in the in the news coverage uh, after she died the other day, someone was talking about that year in the life documentary. Yes. And she basically got talked into it, I think, by Prince Philip. But she got talked into it. They did it. And after they did it, she's like, okay, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I know. So it's very, I mean, it's very candid. That's, you get get to see things that we, you know, she's usually so uh, scripted and restrained. That's why I think that one's a good one. I think there's even an episode of The Crown about the making of that documentary. Anyway, okay. On to other (laughs) things having to do with British stories. Leon, I have a question for you. So Labor Day weekend, when we were all having dinner together, your family, your sons were there. Your son, Brooks, was telling me that I would really enjoy or that he was really enjoying the new show on Hulu that is Welcome to Wrexham. It's a documentary starring Ryan Reynolds, right, about he and another guy, Rob McElhenney, bought a soccer team in Wales and they've made a documentary about like behind the scenes at a real soccer team uh, in Wales. And he loved it and he was recommending it to me. But I wanted your take on it. Would, have you seen it? Would you recommend it to me? 
Highly recommend it. Yeah, oh, I've okay. seen the first three episodes. It's Welcome to Wrexham. It's a club, Liz. There's soccer clubs in England. Uh, oh, they're football, football clubs, actually. Football but, clubs. Um, okay. Uh, so, yeah, this is the real life movie star, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, TV actor Rob McElhaney. Uh, they bought this team together. It's like a real life Ted Lasso. It's oh. very respectful to the club and the town and the players. It's just wonderfully put together, it gives you the history of this club. And now they're just well out of the Premier League. They're just down in like the fourth league. They're barely making any money. You know, that people aren't coming to the games, but what the club means to the town, it's really well done. It's absolutely like a real life Ted Lasso. And I, I don't say that lightly. So I think you would really enjoy it. And, okay. uh, All and right. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney did not know each other before they bought the club together. It's just delightful. It's just super. Oh, delightful. I assumed they were like best no. friends and this was a crazy stunt. No, no. And it's just oh. sort of, hey, we should do this. But you learn as much about the town and the players and the club and the history as you do about Ryan and Rob. It's terrific. I would highly okay. recommend it. Really fun. All right. Okay. So that's on Hulu. All right. So that's one thing. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up, I'm bringing back, Julie, a book that you recommended in 21. Yes. I finally got around to listening to the audiobook of Crying in H Mart by mm -hmm. Michelle Zahner. It's a memoir she wrote about her life with her mother growing up in Eugene, Oregon. Anyway, it is, it's really fantastic. I loved it. And not that I, it was sort of on my list to get to. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you go, go with my recommendations, sister. I do. Really so, nice. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a while, but one of the things I like about it is that she reads it. I mean, it's her story. It's her memoir. I always like that when, especially when people have a good voice and a good delivery. And so it's her, she was a young Korean American raised in Eugene, Oregon, spending most of her summers in Seoul where, where her mother's family was. And so it is about the complicated relationship with the mother, but then you're also slowly seeing her make her way in the world. She goes off to college at Bryn Mawr, and then she has a band and, you know, she has since become a very famous singer. She's the leader of the alternative pop band, uh, Japanese Breakfast. So like this year, she got two Grammy nominations. So you don't know any of that in the story that she is on the verge of big success. But you just see little bits and pieces of it start to happen. And then she loses her mother. And a lot of it is about the grief at losing yep. her mother. Yep. But she also has an amazing memory for food <laughs> and mm. so many mouthwatering descriptions of Korean dishes that you think, oh, my God, again, there are plenty of Korean uh, restaurants around here. I, I should write down some of these and go try them. Anyway, it's on Audible. Really, really good. I completely recommend Crying in H Mart. Not too late to get to that, even though it was a 21 recommendation from Julie Dolan. <laughs> Right, yeah, just never too late. Right. It's no never Go too late. It. It's yep. never too late to read a great book. Well, yes. Liz, uh, it's the spooky season. So I put together my second annual uh, list of witchy books for people. <laughs> okay, who Liam, Go for it. <laughs> I know. I mean, it is a specialty you have. I know. I don't, I don't even like witches, but go, go ahead, Leanne. Yes, I'm glad. But lots of people do, including you. you yeah, love I mean, witches. I'm not the only one that enjoys witches or else they wouldn't put out like dozens and dozens of witch books every year. So 
I mean, I think of witches as being the ultimate female archetype. It's sort of the original archetype for us. You know, it's just like any woman that had anything different going on. Men were like, oh yeah, she's a witch. Uh, and it's just done <laughs> for thousands and thousands of years. You know, you had a little interest in science or medicine or herbs or cooking, or, you know, could do magical things with a needle. You were a witch. And so it was. <laughs> At any given moment, any one of us could be called that. So I think that's why I've always liked witch books. So I have a whole list, again, in the show notes. It's on the blog. I'll spread the link around. Subscribe to Pep Talk. It will be in there. But there's just, there's two I wanted to highlight. One of my favorite books of all time is The Scarlet Letter. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a classic. It's a good one. Yeah. They force you to read it in high school, but I reread it periodically. I love it. Hester Prynne is a character, again, very relatable, New England girl, did a few things out of the auto air, out of the ordinary, labeled a witch. Okay. See what I mean, Jewel? Anyone can be a witch. Oh. Okay. So you there's say a- what you want, sister. I'm not going with the witch. <laughs> okay. All right. So, but out this fall is a is a it's almost like a prequel to uh the Scarlet Letter. It's called Hester by Lori Lico Albanese. And what uh, Lori, repre- Laura, Lori, the author, um, does is reimagine the woman who might have inspired Hester Prynne to the real life Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh. So oh. it's you know, hmm. set like in when Hawthorne is a young man and he gets involved with this woman who then becomes his role model for Hester Prynne. And there is witchcraft involved and slave trade and New England and Puritans and all kinds of interesting things. I think it's fantastic. It comes out October 4th, so you can pre-order it. Uh, I loved it. Hester is the name of the book. Um, Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, The other one, we're doing a lot of British things, Welsh things uh, that I enjoyed was The White Hair by Jane Johnson. And this one is set in Wales. And it's basically uh, about, apparently in uh, Welsh mythology, witches are represented by white bunnies. Okay, so I was gonna say, which hair was it? Was it yeah. white hair yeah. or white hair? You know, Right, H-A-R-E, yeah, okay. H-A-R-E, right. big white bunnies. Okay, that's, so this book, it's a mother-daughter relationship, you know, finding themselves, they're broke, they have to move to Wales in this cottage, no one, wanna, no one wants to live with, these big white bunnies keep appearing. <laughs> It's good. And the woman who wrote it, she's a historian and a a museum curator. So there's just, it's very evocative. There's a lot of good history in there. There's a lot of good mythology. I really enjoyed it. The White Hair by Jane Johnson. So that's just two. And those are, those are almost more in the literary fiction category. But if you just want a super fun book about a group of fun witches, the very society, (laughs) the very secret society of irregular witches is another really fun one. But I have a whole list and you can take a look. And then I put a list in 2021 too. So plenty of witch books for those okay. of you who, who, those of you, except Julie. For those of you favorite. who celebrate. <laughs> for those of you who celebrate. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are- now I have an entertaining sisters toss up question, sisters. Yeah. Here's my question. And then I'll fill in a little bit of the backstory. Are you going to go see? the new movie, Don't Worry, Darling, which is a brand new psychological thriller directed by Olivia Wilde. The reason I ask is because I had read about this movie. I thought, oh, I love a psychological thriller. Olivia Wilde's last movie, Booksmart, 
was really great. I enjoyed that. Supporting female directors. I like to do that. I'm definitely going to see Don't Worry Darlings. But then like stuff started to happen with this movie. You may recall it made a lot of news when she was presenting about the film at some film convention in Las Vegas and she got served custody papers in the middle of her speech by someone acting on behalf of Jason Sudeikis. I thought that's weird. <laughs> and then you find out she's sleeping with her star, Harry Styles. I'm like, okay, that's not a good look. <laughs> and so then I was like, okay, I'm not going to see this movie. But then like the whole thing went totally off the rails and even crazier things started to happen. You, they were at the Venice Film Festival, as you mentioned, Lee, and there was this viral meme of Chris Pine, who's in the movie, that was just hilarious. There was Harry Styles. There was the revelation that maybe he's not the brightest bulb in the world <laughs> when they they replayed uh, some of the, his answers to the media. And then Florence Pugh, who is the real star, just like boycotted half of the official activities and she's just not having any of it. So now I'm in, now I'm back in. Now okay. they have now they have gotten me very interested in what is it about this movie that is creating all this drama? So what do you think? <laughs> oh, I'm going. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm going. Okay. Yeah, it's will be my treat when I turn in my new manuscript, October one. I'm going to go October two. I'm going to go okay. see the movie. I don't <laughs> care what the reviews are. I'm going. I love all the characters. I followed all the news stories. I just couldn't help it. I got completely sucked in. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. It's Your, just a complete train wreck. It's a yeah, train wreck. I, see, I feel like this might be another Magic Mike situation <laughs> for me. I, I'm staying away from it. Okay. It's just, I mean, I'm not getting lulled into all the drama. Okay. I don't know. It's been an emotional roller coaster for me. I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. Who knows? I think it opens on the 23rd or something. So, so much more could happen in the next 10 days. I didn't even, did I mention the spitting infraction? I forgot. No, you didn't. No, I was, yeah, I was glad you glossed over that. Yeah. Okay. But it's just saliva, Liz, as you know. Julie, I looked at that video so many times and did not see what anything anyone was talking about. But so many people are swearing that Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. I don't understand what's happening here. It's like it's all just an illusion. Uh, but that's Hollywood, baby. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, don't worry, darlings. Uh, comes out soon. All right. So we like to recommend uh, things to you, but we also love it when you recommend us to your satellite sister. So I wanted to have a special shout out to Bonnie Runs in upstate New York, who just wrote a really lovely review of Satellite Sisters uh, on the Apple Podcast app. She gave, gave us five stars and it said, loved by another sister. And she said, could be this show appeals to me because I am a sister myself, one of three, born in the 60s. In any case, I find their banter delightful, equal parts entertaining, informative, and relevant. Thank you, Bonnie. These women are well-spoken and candid, and I happily invite them to keep me company in my home, my car, and on my runs. So that's why her name is Bonnie Runs. So that is just a super sweet, really nice, thoughtful review, Bonnie. We thank you so much. We love the fact people are often telling us 
where they are when they're listening, they're mm-hmm. out for a walk or they're in their car doing errands. It allows us to imagine what your lives are like and what role we are playing in your life. So thank you very much. And anyone else, whenever you want to post a review, we are really grateful. You can do that in any of the apps where you listen to the show, whether it's you know Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or any. So thank you very much for your support. And uh, thanks to everybody who shares the show with their satellite sisters and misters. We really do appreciate it. It's easy to do right from the app that you're listening. You can message people an episode you like. You can post it on Facebook. You can just tell people, if that's too complicated, just tell people you're having lunch with today. That would be great too. <laughs> that would be great too. That's how we grow the show. All right, a big thanks to Sergio Enriquez for engineering our show. Thank you, Sergio. We appreciate it. Emily Loudermilk does our graphics and they're so fun when they come in every week. We love uh, We love opening that email and seeing what Emily's picked out from, from the show to highlight. You can see Emily's work on our Instagram at Sat Sisters or subscribe to Pep Talk. We always put the graphics in there and just go to SatelliteSisters.com. A pop-up will come up right when you're there at the site and you can just enter your email and get our weekly newsletter in your inbox. A big thanks to our sponsors this week and thanks to you people who support our sponsors, it's really how we're able to produce the show. And so we just, we appreciate the people who support us and we appreciate the people who support our sponsors. All right. It's time for our to-do list. Jewel, do you have a to-do? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Leanne, you know, I am going to start my own list of branded satellite sister hikes. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm not, I am. I mean, I love the hike. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll work on it. I can't say when it's going to come out but I'm going to have my own list. Okay. Okay. Julian, I think that's a great idea. I'd like to assign that as a future pep talk topic. (laughs) Now you're pressuring me, Leon. I don't (laughs) want any pressure. Okay. I just, I had an idea. So let me just work on it. A little bit of my job. I mean, not this week, just whenever it's ready. All All right. right. Well, I, I have a book club this week and I haven't done a book club in a while. So I just keep, I have post-its all over my house. I have, uh, you know, um, things on my phone, like, don't forget the book club. Don't forget the book club because it's at a weird random time. It's like Wednesday night at seven 30. I, so the chance. Oh, so this is one that you dial into. Yeah. So the chances of me forgetting it pretty strong. There's pretty strong. That's a weird (laughs) time. Okay. Don't forget the book club. Don't forget. Okay. Don't forget land. Liz. Okay. Well, this weekend is the weekend of the Silver Summit sisters. So I know I had the mini uh, birthday celebration uh, last weekend, complete with blackout. Uh, But this weekend I'll be on Cape Cod with my college friends. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I just can't even count the number of emails that have been flying around on the the meal planning questions. You know, the big issue was on Saturday night, do we want a complete clam bake or do we really just need the lobsters? So that was the, that was the biggest issue we had to sort out together. And okay. we're going we're going with just the lobsters. So okay. there and <laughs> Ooh, I listen to you. Fine. <laughs> enjoy it. Okay. Living it up. It's the go-go years, Liz. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have a complete report on next Tuesday's show. You'll hear all about it. (laughs) We're the Satellite Sisters. Hey, sisters, have a great week. You You too, too, Leanne. Safe travels, Liz. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.